Welcome to the 192nd episode of the Telluride Talk podcast. This is Chris. And this is Ruben. Ruben? Ruben, Ruben what are you doing here? Where's Where's Casey? Um, I, I, I got him bound and gagged. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took over the spot. No, I just, you know, I, I wanted to come in and, and just plug the Illusion Witch and talk some and geek out with you a little bit. So, you know, awesome. I'm taking a spot. Heck yeah. Well, I'm happy that you, uh, that you're here. Yeah. I'm glad to be stuck with you. We had a, we had a really good time the other night on Star Warriors, you know, talking to Brian Bounce about his audio drama. So, uh, I'm bringing you on today to talk about the illusion, which, uh, like you mentioned, and I heard that it's successfully funded at this point. Yes. Thank the Kickstarter gods that, that the hard part is over. Now I can, now I can have some fun and, uh, you know, maybe hit a stretch goal or two. We, we don't have a ton of time. We funded with like seven days left. And I think now today is five. Um, but I think we got enough time to hit that first stretch goal, um, which is going to be, uh, I know you know this, uh, I'm a huge fan of the 90s style Marvel cards. Um, Me too. Yeah, I love them. So I thought, what a great little stretch goal. Um, and everybody seems to be loving Baru which is the little animal character that's on the cover. So I was like, let's, let's do something like that. So I got my boy, Sylvester Aguilar, who does the art on the agency. Um, and who, to me, I swear, like plucked his art style from like the 90s comic books, you know, from Marvel. Uh, he's just so great at it. So he did that and it came out beautiful. It's up on the Kickstarter now. Illusion Witch is still going. So, you know, if we get to 6,500, all physical backers will get uh, Marvel-esque uh, Marvel uh, style trading card of Baru. It's going to front and back. It's going to list all his uh, affiliations and powers and even a little fun fact about him. Cool. Do you get like the, the, the bars that will show like his different like levels of power like they did? Um, we're going to try two different because, you know, when they first came out, they didn't do the bars, right? Like they, they like this. I think the second wave had the bars uh, in the first one. It was just like powers, uh, affiliations, uh, different names. They might go by different monikers. Um, and then like a little first appearance and a little fun fact. So I think I'm going to go for like that first wave style. Um, okay. The second, maybe, you know, for the second one, we'll do Adia and we'll, we'll do the second series style where we got the, the power bars and stuff like that. It's like the Flare 92 series style. You're right. Right. <laughs> uh, we're, we're taking it way back there. Way back. Oh man. I used to love those cards. Damn. I'm going to be 40. I'm so old. It's right, crazy. right. Well, almost welcome to the club. I, I did it in 2020, and um, it doesn't hurt too much. It doesn't so, hurt. <laughs> uh, so let's. So uh, what's the final date on that? Is it 27th? We're 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 recording this on the 21st. So all of you out I, there might not be listening to this until a couple of days later. So what is the final date that people can back the, the project? The final date. Let's see here. You would think I know. I would know this by heart, but I do not. Um, the campaign runs for 30 days, so let's see here. Final day is Saturday, February 27th at 8.02 a.m. All right. There you go, peeps. Uh, listen, if you haven't backed the Illusion Witch, go check it out on Kickstarter. I'll leave a link in the notes. And uh, I, I'm telling you right now, I've been following uh, and backing Ruben's comics since I met him at New York Comic Con in, I think, 2014. So mm -hmm. I recommend him highly. So help my friend out and uh, back his comic. 
So, uh, Ruben, let's jump into a little bit of geeking out. Okay. So we here we talk a little bit about what we've been doing. Uh, just, you know, I, I know you've been busy with a campaign, but what are you doing with your free time? Free time? That's like a, that's like a, a concept I'm <laughs> not a luxury, familiar right? with. A luxury I'm not familiar with. Um, well, no, I mean, honestly, right before the Kickstarter started, you know, uh, the High Republic launch for Star Wars. So, like, I devoured those first two books. Um, and, I, you know, I hit up uh, the comic book store every week. So I'm constantly reading, uh, you know, comics and things like that. I'm on the High Republic comics, the Star Wars comics, uh, a lot of the X-Men stuff. I uh, just finished um, An Unkindness of Ravens, which is a great little mini series uh, that is uh, that's about some witches. Uh, it's pretty dope. Um, yeah, man. Other than that, uh, I got Jurassic Park, the unabridged version on Audible the other nice. day. And I've just been enjoying the heck out of that. Whenever I get like I wake up early in the mornings, I'll throw on the, the headphones or I'll jump in the shower and just put it on. Um, I love that book so much. I know it's such a like weird callback, but it's such a great book. And uh, the unabridged version on Audible has just been a delight. Yeah, that's one of the rare few books I've read more than once. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, I remember picking up the grocery store in the in the checkout line in sixth grade. And, and nobody knew what it was at that point. No movie had come out. Or maybe the movie was being planned. But at that point, you know, it's such a different time in Hollywood. So... I um, I just I remember it like it was yesterday that moment because mm-hmm. I love that book so much and Michael Crichton so much. So, um, yeah, I mean, as far as geeking out, I haven't changed much since the last show. I've been watching Vikings again, uh, because I I'd never watched the second half of the show for some reason. I remember okay. being so sporadically released, and um, and so I was like, I'm just gonna binge it from the beginning because I've been playing Valhalla and there's a lot of history in that game about it and i was like i know this from the show but do i so i went back and it's just that much more enriching and and fun to watch so that's been my my deep dive and my irresponsibility of not reading the high republic as of late (laughs) so it's i gotta get on that because we got a show coming up and and whatnot so yeah you might want to read a couple chapters (laughs) exactly Exactly. Every time I every time I look at my newsfeed, it's like, oh, what is this? Oh, I gotta ignore this. this is gonna spoil the whole book for me. So, <laughs> you and I need to read Into the Dark because uh, we hear do. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm excited. So, me too. Me too. So uh, let's get into some news. Uh, let's start out with some Marvel news. Uh, so, like the Mandalorian, uh, MCU will be doing what's called Assembled. It's going to be a, a behind the scenes production. Uh, show covering the the ones that are hitting Disney Plus. So it's going to start with WandaVision, uh, and then they have plans for, of course, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Loki, followed by that. So I love behind-the-scenes stuff. It's the reason why I used to buy DVDs and Blu-rays. I don't do it anymore as much because physical media and whatnot. And I do really enjoy that they do give you the stuff with the digital, uh, if you do buy digital movies. So I'm a big behind-the-scenes guy. I know you are as well. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about this? I'm excited, man. You know, I do love that that Disney gallery for 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 Mandalorian. Um, so to watch, to know that they're they're planning stuff like this for Marvel uh, makes me excited because number one, I just love the way Ke- Kevin Feige works, uh, and I love how Marvel productions have kind of uh, been put together. So to kind of get a, a sneak peek behind the, the the curtain on WandaVision, 
which I have just found brilliant from start to finish. Uh, my only complaint was in the first few episodes, we didn't get Henry Winkler on the show. Um, <laughs> right. I think they, I think they missed an opportunity there. Um, but other than that, it's been brilliant. So to be able to kind of get behind the current, uh, is going to be fun, you know, and you gotta, you gotta think that Paul Bettany and, uh, and uh, Elizabeth Olsen probably have uh, a lot of fun stuff to say about the production. Yeah, I'm looking forward to some bloopers. I, Marvel MCU has always been good about bloopers, too. So yeah, I'm hoping we'll see some more fun behind the scenes stuff because there's got to be plenty of that with this show. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Speaking of Marvel TV shows, uh, the Netflix Defenders world uh, ended years ago, but... The thing about it was they had that those characters tied up in that contract with Netflix and we knew Daredevil had reverted back to Marvel. And now the Punisher and Jessica Jones have returned as well. So do you think do you think we'll get more of these characters in the future? Do you think that, you know, with Disney Star coming out and Hulu and whatnot, do you think that they'll ever revisit that world? I think Charlie Cox is in Spider-Man 3, of course, without a mm -hmm. doubt. Um, mm -hmm. I'd bet money on that. Um but do you think they'll bring back the other one? I would like to see it done. I mean, you know, the, the, the Netflix shows were very dark, right? Mm -hmm. Let, like, let's, they had their certain tone. I don't know if that fits, even though what I'm seeing from WandaVision and the trailer that we've seen from, from uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, it all aligns. I think tonality, it all fits. Uh, can you explore Jessica Jones in a different light? Uh, can you explore the Punisher in a different light in different ways? Sure, uh, I think you can. I think Jessica Jones is a shoe in for a cameo appearance in the She-Hulk series. It mm -hmm. only it only makes sense. Um, and the Punisher probably can maybe tie into something like Hawkeye or uh, War Machine, where you know he shows up. Mm -hmm. So. Again, do I think these characters are going to get used? Yeah, I don't think they. they I don't think they're going to get sat on. That's for sure. Uh, and Charlie Cox, for sure, I, I I agree is definitely in Spider Man Three. Whether we'll see him suit up as Daredevil, um, and he's not just Matt Murdock, maybe representing Peter Parker. Uh, that you know, and that alludes to Charlie Cox and Daredevil being in the MCU now. Fine, yeah, I think so. I think yeah, I I think they have plans for all these characters. Kevin Feige. Uh, has a whole toy chest full of toys that he can use. And I, I'm almost certain he plans to use every single one of them at some point. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that they've had their shows. Now it's kind of, will they show up in other things if that's really how you want to treat it? Or do you do one last Marvel Knights or def what if you want to call them Defenders Still TV show, um, mm -hmm. like, a, like a movie or whatever, you know, for Disney Star or something where you bring them all back together for one last hurrah. But you know, I don't really see them going back and doing new series for them. Uh, right. I just think that's run its course. It was treated the way it was, kind of outside the MCU, but with connections. So it's nice to see these uh, these rights come back, and maybe we'll we'll see more in the future. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, last up in Marvel news, uh, Danny Elfman is going to score Doctor Strange 2, uh, or a.k.a. the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, this, to me, is a real big duh. Uh, one of my favorite things on social media is like when people be like the composer of Justice League, Danny Elfman. I'm just and yeah. I shake my head. I'm like, that's the best yeah. you can come up with is the Justice League movie. Uh, OK, 
<laughs> I'm very excited. I love Danny Elfman, and I'm, I, you know, with what's going on in WandaVision, uh, and they talk about this big cameo. I know that when they talk about a big cameo, it's more for the general audience, so people like us will be like, if it is Doctor Strange, it won't be as big of a deal, um, mm-hmm. because, like, Benedict has been on TV, and we, we know this, um, but it would be awesome if Doctor Strange showed up in WandaVision, seeing that that leads right into the movie. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited. I mean, Elfman is... I would say probably in my top 10, um, just because of his body of work. Um, not in my top five, uh, just, just because again, there's, there's other guys that I, that I put in front of him. Um, and plus his superhero scores again, have never been very overwhelming. There's so many other things that I can point to. Um, as a matter of fact, I think, you know, when you talk about the justice league, I think more junkie XL than I do Danny Elfman. Um, so I'm excited to see what he brings to to Doctor Strange. Uh, there's there's a few scores in the Avengers where I where where that are memorable, but I still don't have one. I mean, other than maybe in Black Panther, that I feel like really embodies all the heroes. Maybe Captain America too. Um, and the Avengers score is pretty cool. But and did did Elfman do the Avengers? I was thinking Ellen Silvestri. Ellen Silvestri. Okay, I so think I think I don't think it's Elfman though, but it's right. Right. Somebody I else. thought Elfman, I think Elfman did Wonder Woman and Justice League, right? I think, if I'm not mistaken. But, but yeah, I mean, there's, you know, uh, in terms of composers or, or superhero themes, uh, not, not many stick out for me except for like John Williams Superman. Right. Um, you know, the Batman theme in 89 by Danny Elfman. Know, by Danny Elfman. <laughs> um, exactly. that's, that, that's, you know, those are the ones that really stick out to me. Uh, you know, and obviously more recent, the Avengers theme, you can't hear that song without getting excited, no. you know, but, but yeah, this is a good pickup. Uh, you know, th- th- there could have been other people doing it, right? But might as well have Elfman come in and bring his magic. I mean, if it's Sam Raimi, it's most likely going to be Danny Elfman. That's always, right. those two, right. those two make the magic. So, all right, jumping over to DC news. Uh, we have a little news here, nothing really a big announcement, but what is leading to uh, the new Con- the Constantine series, uh, maybe Justice League Dark? J.J. Uh, Abrams is kind of shaping that world for HBO Max. Um, now, us being CW fans, we love Matt Ryan. I'm hoping mm-hmm. you love Matt Ryan. Um, do. But like, how do you how do you treat that? Do you I mean, you always move past. Now they're looking for a, a younger Constantine, maybe of a different um not a white Constantine. I think, like, uh, what was his name? Riz. Um, uh, Riz Ahmed. Thank you. They're looking more like a Riz Ahmed-esque um, actor for this role. Um, I think it's great. I um, I love Constantine, and I wanted to see more from it, especially uh, on the darker side of things. Uh, more, you know, I, I enjoy the CW-verse stuff, uh, but I think that an HBO Max where you can really touch the horror elements of that stuff would be excellent. I agree. Uh, I'm a huge Constantine fan, have been for a long time. Um, and, I, and I found it funny that they were like, we're, they're looking for a Riz Ahmed-esque kind of char- per- person to play the, the role. And I'm like, well, what about Riz Ahmed? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, the dude's perfect. I think he could play John Constantine dead on. Um, he's got so much range, right? And... Uh, and he's just perfect. I think he would be perfect for the role. So uh, do I like the idea? Sure. Uh, but I also like Matt Ryan. And, mm-hmm. 
And I think that he deserves more, you know, more burn at Constantine. I thought, you know, the NBC show, they, they dropped the ball on that. Uh, and then CW, you know, did the, you know, gave him justice by bringing him on to the CW shows and letting him come back and play Constantine again. Uh, so to kind of take that away again and, and give it to somebody else for the HBO Max stuff, eh, I feel bad for him. But again, if they want to do something in a different vein, different light, I, I welcome it. I, I'm not I'm not against different takes on the characters. I love that stuff. So when you bring in a different uh, portrayal, uh, somebody who looks different, uh, to me, that just brings a whole different vibe to the character. Exactly. And it's just as we as we kind of move into this multiverse idea and people, the general audience are getting more familiar with that. And D.C. and Warner Brothers have moved away from. Oh, you can't have Deathstroke on TV and on the big screen. Nobody's going to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, li- I like that. Don't treat your audience like they're idiots. Treat your audience right. like they want more content. Mm-hmm. So, uh, another another uh, DC property that we've been waiting, you know, patiently for for years is Black Adam. And without Dwayne Johnson attached, I don't think this movie would have ever happened. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just it's amazing that it has the legs that it it does uh, that it's had and. Uh, we're moving, moving uh, closer and closer to it being a real thing. So uh, joining the cast is Marwin Kanzari um, from Aladdin, also the old guard. And uh, so he I don't know if he actually has a role yet on that. Uh, it's not been announced who he's going to play. So um, it's it's being kept a secret. So that's mm. I always like that because it's not just some random character. It's somebody that if you follow, you follow the D.C., uh, stories and whatnot, you're probably going to know who it is. So uh, what do you think about this guy? This is Jafar, right? Weren't we just talking this about is, Jafar? We were just talking about Jafar. <laughs> we were. Um, in the old guard, he, it, for me, was a better role, right? And and we both talked about this. We There's no hate for the live-action Aladdin here. We, uh, we enjoyed it very much. Um, me and Chris were just uh, kind of going over that. Um, because the uh, the other main character is up for for a role as well in a property that we love. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but going back to 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 this gentleman, um, you know he's 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 a strong actor. And if I can if I can take a little stab, uh, I would say maybe uh, he's probably coming on to play Doctor Fate. We uh, we we saw the concept art. We know Doctor Fate's in the movie. Uh, I think this is a, a good role for him. I think good that call. would be an interesting role role for him. So, uh, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm actually really, really hyped about this movie. And all we have is just The Rock and some concept art and a couple other actors attached. But um, I love The Rock, and I think everything he does is just great. So I'm excited for this. And I know he's not going to let this movie suck. So, A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And looking forward to that. Uh, next up. Uh, this this little bit of news makes me really happy to hear that John Wesley Ship is returning to the role of Jay Garrick, the Golden Age Flash. Uh, his addition in the Flash TV show in the CW was was awesome. Uh, him playing the '90s Flash, then bringing him to play Barry's father, um, and then bringing him to play Jay Garrick. It was just a really really great like world building experience uh, mm-hmm. for for myself and and everybody out there. So uh, when they when they went back to do the JSA on Stargirl, which is separated from the CW verse, it was on the DC uh, the DC app at first. Now it's going to the CW for season two. They had sh- they had alluded to some of the other heroes that they didn't introduce yet, and it was the Flash, and of course like um, Alan Scott Green Lantern and stuff. But 
to bring Ship in for this role is a really amazing nod to what he had done before and just kind of keeping the whole world connected in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a, he's a treat. It's like you described it, uh, Chef's Kiss for The Flash, uh, the way they were able to do that uh, with bringing him in as Barry's dad and, and then, you know, the, uh, the older Flash uh, from a different universe. Like, it, it, it's just, it's great. I love him. Uh, he's, he's great on camera all the time. Uh, I love the suit that that they created for him there it's it's so retro but at the same time looks super good on camera uh and uh, and i unfortunately have not dived into star girl but i have plans because everybody raves about it <clears throat> um and even some of my friends who've kind of moved away from the cw shows uh and stopped watching them uh actually liked star girl a lot so I'm, 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 it's definitely on my list. I have to I have the second half of Titans uh, and that to catch up on. So definitely want to watch it. I recommend Stargirl before the Titans. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a huge Teen Titans fan more than anything. So um, am I. Stargirl is amazing. It's very Spielberg. Uh, it's, it's very much a good superhero origin with a little bit more budget and better writing than the CW. So it's nice. like... It's it's just a really it was it 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 met my expectations and and surpassed them and I just I was really impressed by what what they did with that so I'm really looking forward to season two and then in uh, this little last piece of news not little at all uh, they cast Supergirl for the for the DC uh, cinematic universe and so actress Sasha Kale uh, has picked up the role and that'll be in the Flash movie surprisingly uh, since. DC can't commit to a Man of Steel 2 or anything like that. Or, as I keep saying, just call it Superman movie. But uh, what do you think about this? This is amazing. Uh, this is a really uh, great uh, really great casting, in my opinion. Uh, and unfortunately, as usual, it was met with uh, unrest on the internet. Of course it was. Of course it was, because she's not blonde, Chris. Right. And, but, hey, we're not going to get into that. I am going to... No negativity. Uh, no negativity here. I am going to sing her praises because, number one, she is of Hispanic descent. So she is my sister from another mister. Um, <laughs> I am really excited about this. Uh, between Pedro Pascal landing Joel for The Last of Us and uh, now Sasha Kaye for uh, Supergirl, I am just really excited uh, to be Hispanic right now because I feel like even though, you know, Antonio Banderas and a slew of other Hispanics, some Hayek, so many have have really graced the silver screen. Um, this is this for me feels like solidification in terms of like starring roles, right? And main character roles, and not just somebody off to the side um, or the uh, you know culture you know person that's in the movie. You know, oh, we need a Hispanic or we need a, a, a you know somebody of color. Like this is really uh, huge, I think. Um, but even to take even not even to dive into all of that. Just the fact that she is just different looking, right? She doesn't typically look like Supergirl. That gives me uh, so much joy. Uh, and honestly, I don't know if you've been able to see it, but Boss Logic already did something up for her. And it, she looks brilliant. And of course, she did uh, her regular hair, you know, a version with her black hair and a version with like a lighter blonde. Uh, but again, I, I think the black hair looks great. Uh, and he gave her kind of like almost a, a half 
skirt cape where it's like mid waist, right? And like it falls behind her. And it just looks great. I, you know, I don't know if that's going to be the design that they use for her. Or I don't even know if that's a design they've used in the books for Supergirl, but I just thought it was brilliant. Um, and she just looks so strong for the role. Like, I think she's going to bring the thunder for sure. Yeah, I was always kind of surprised. Like, I, I don't understand why everybody who came from space is white to begin with. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I always question that. But also, like, how does Kal-El have black hair? Like, I don't, we don't have to get into genetics or anything crazy like that. Right. But it just is like, it's such a shoe in for like a sexy character for Supergirl. And they always like drew her the same and all this different stuff. So I love it when they change, you know, they change it up because it's not, it's not accessible for everybody. And, right. you know, I think that's a really beautiful thing to do. And I'm looking forward to uh, that interpretation of the character completely. Yes, sir. Uh, so let's jump over to that galaxy far, far away. Uh, some Star Wars news this week, including the announcement of the next crossover of the Star Wars comics. Very exciting. Uh, so right now we're in the era between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Uh, we've we've been kind of meeting some new characters and whatnot, um, but we haven't really dived too much into getting to Jabba's palace and, and how we get to Return of the Jedi. So this right here... It's going to be called War of the Bounty Hunters, uh, orchestrated by Charles Soule, uh, which is always a good thing. Uh, he's been doing mm -hmm. great things with, uh, you know, the High Republic and also the main run of Star Wars and more. Uh, so look forward to this coming in May. Uh, it's going to begin in War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha Number 1, and then it's going to kind of unfold through the different, um, through a miniseries and also through the different issues. So... Right now, um, because it was funny because in the Bounty Hunters comic, you have Valance as the main character, um, and Bubba Fett is not the main. It's kind of like happening in the background of like where is Bubba Fett? All these other Bounty Hunters are coming in at this time, and with the the fact that in the in the EU we went to Shadows of the Empire, that whole storyline, and now they're like throwing in the words Black Sun into this. I think mm -hmm. this is their adaptation of that time period. They'll probably, mm -hmm. in my opinion, will bring in Shizor to be like, oh, here's your Shadows reference. But I don't want them to follow the storyline exactly. I think that they can do something different, but still bring in these these EU characters that are important to everybody. Definitely. Definitely. I, I, and, I, and again, I, I don't... Uh... I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility because Marvel has done such a great job in filling in this time period. So while honoring the EU and bringing in characters that we love, so I'm I'm all for it. Uh, get, just give me more Star Wars comics. I'm I'm there. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I hope you I hope you join us on the next the next episode of Star Wars comics if you're caught up. Uh, if not, I? then the next month because we're going to be oh. doing it every month, <laughs> getting getting a little talk about uh, that month's issues. So look forward to that. Uh, so on art for this uh, will be Steve McNiven, one of my favorites. So like I said, look forward to this in May uh, and get ready for the war of the bounty hunters. Uh, next up, uh, we have Ryan Johnson is still at work on his trilogy. So that's kind of been the question on everybody's mind. I don't blame Ryan Johnson for stepping away kind of into the, into the shadows for a little bit away from the fandom menace um, at all. Uh, I like The Last Jedi for what it is. Do I agree with everything in that movie? No, of course not. But I'm not a moron. I know how good of a director and creator Ryan Johnson is. So when the when when people stop, you know, being, you know, 
babies about stuff, maybe they can be accepting that he tells good stories. Maybe they should go watch a couple of his other films. But yeah. I'm being a jerk. Uh, what do you think about this? What do you, what would you want from Ryan Johnson's trilogy? Look, first of all, um, my son is named after him. <laughs> um, am I, am I saying it right? Is it Ryan? Uh, it, it's Ryan. It's Ryan Johnson. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but people say Ryan. I've heard Kathleen say it, and I know he accepts it. But like the the pronunciation is Ryan. Okay. Uh, but but yeah, um, you know it's he's brilliant, dude. Uh, I've loved him since Looper, uh, and, and you know, and I can go on and, and talk about other things that he did before that. Um, but and Knives Out is probably one of the most brilliant movies I've ever seen. Uh, it's a, you know, so for me, him, yeah, like you said, I agree. Uh, we're on the same same tip page in terms of. Loving The Last Jedi, do do I love everything that's in it? Quite possibly no, because I feel like story-wise, you know, it could have, it didn't help the trilogy in a lot of ways, but it also did amazing things for Star Wars in terms of the galaxy and the way that I saw it, right? So he's brilliant to me. And I think that being able to step away uh, and not have to kind of be tied to that trilogy or the, uh, as we call it, the Skywalker legacy, right? He's going to be able to deliver a Star Wars story that's going to blow our minds. I know it is. No doubts. So, yes, there will be plenty of detractors who will say, oh, The Last Jedi, blah, blah, blah. But mm, if you give it half a chance, I bet you anything, it's going to knock your socks off. So let's, you know, let's not forget that this guy is brilliant. He may have not done what you wanted him to do in your Star Wars movie, but it wasn't your Star Wars movie to begin with. Exactly. That's the that's the thing that people... I think of a hard time remembering is that it belongs to all of us. So mm -hmm. uh, next up, Nintendo had their Nintendo direct. Uh, I don't know what to call it this week. I was very disappointed by it. Uh, speaking of <laughs> things that I think are mine. Um, just joking. Uh, so, Unfortunately, we didn't get any announcements for any Metroid games. Once again, thanks, Nintendo. But uh, we got a Star Wars game that I won't be playing because I'm not really into these kind of Battle Royale multiplayer games. Mm -hmm. um, I know you are. Uh, you do like Battlefront and stuff like that. Uh, this, so this might be up your alley. Uh, it's called Star Wars Hunters. Uh, it's set after the fall of the Galactic Empire. Uh, it will bring players together in a thrilling team-based multiplayer battles. Uh, select from a diverse cast of new characters, including daring bounty hunters, heroes of the rebellion, and imperial stormtroopers. Uh, mm -hmm. Star Wars Hunters will be free to download on the Switch, uh, the App Store, and on Google Play. So, um, a free-to-play game, no complaints about that at all. Uh, yeah. That's it. It's just this this big battle royale multiplayer world that we live in now for that makes money on on I don't know how besides you know deal like people buying packs and and ads and all that stuff. So games for everyone. What do you think about this? Um, you know, my, my best friend, uh, he showed me the, uh, the trailer to this and it doesn't show a lot. You're basically just walking out into like some arena and, and then it cuts to like the title card. Uh, but if it's anything like smash brothers or super smash brothers or, or even overwatch or something like that, where you've got a team and you've got to, and you gotta maybe fight people to to take a, a certain part of the map or or capture the flag or something. Uh, I'll play. Why not? I mean, you know, new characters. Okay, show me. Who do you got in there? Uh, is it gonna? You know, are we gonna see characters from from the EU? Are we gonna see characters that are not on screen? Or 
are these just new characters, period, for the Star Wars universe for specific to this game? You know, I think about, you know, are they going to have droids on there? They're going to have Mr. Bones on there? Like, that would be cool, you know? So right. it's, it seems fitting, that character, you know, to, to be in that game. So, uh, so yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. I'll check it out. Free to download, free to play. Sure. You, you got me for at least a round. So. Exactly, exactly. I think that's the key is just free. Give it a chance and get to like it. And no loss. That's it. Uh, last up in Star Wars news, uh, E.K. Johnson's trilogy about Padme will be ending with the newly announced book, Queen's Hope. Uh, from what I remember reading, she was going to call it Queen's Gambit, but somebody else took that title. Um, these are these are young adult, I guess, novels. I didn't I have not read any of them, uh, but E.K. Johnson did do the Ahsoka book, I believe, and mm-hmm. some others. So. Yeah, um, like you, I have not read the Amidala books, um, which is a shame because I love her character. I think she was definitely one of the best parts of of the new, of the prequels, uh, and she's strong. You know, she's 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 Leia's mom, so it's one of those things where just out of sheer respect and honor, uh, I will eventually have to get those books and and read them. That's right. And not have and not lose the will to live, right? That's mm-hmm. that, right? exactly. Yeah, we don't want to lose the will to live. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you're breaking my heart. I gotta be a jerk about that stuff. Sorry, uh, that's that's my job. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's jump into a quick commercial break, and then we'll be back with more Tali talk. Defet Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes, too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture... Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the Campfire Chats, a DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. All right, we are back uh, with Tally Talk, and on today's show, I got Ruben Romero with me. We're talking about his project, currently on Kickstarter and funded. So, uh, Ruben... Tell us a little bit more about the Illusion Witch and uh, where people can find it. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, we're funded. Thank God. Um, thank the Kickstarter gods. Uh, we've got five days left on the project. Uh, they can go to Kickstarter. They can type in the Illusion Witch, uh, and it'll pop up. It's beautiful art. Got you know Andrea Erico, who's done stuff for Zenoscope and a bunch of great covers. He did some interior work for Hotline Miami, uh, for Behemoth Comics. P.H. Gomez is doing the colors. Uh, kids out of Brazil, just a brilliant, brilliant talent. Uh, guy got Dave Lentz on letters, who just makes this book come alive. Uh, and in terms of the the story and illusion, which uh, it's really kind of like it's going to sound sad at first. Okay, so stick with me. Don't don't be like, oh, I don't want to read that. Uh, it, it's kind of my 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 love letter to mourning and grief, right? But it's wrapped up in like this really cool crucible of a fantasy. Uh, where it takes the the main character Adia Locke, who has dealt with a lot of just you know bad stuff in her life, and it's kind of made her disconnected and uh, a very kind of uh, selfish 
individual uh, who only thinks about her career and her money and really doesn't consider herself a good person and, and, and sees herself as that and is okay with that. Uh, so she gets kind of pulled into this uh, fantastical, magical world uh, called Sarai. And she's kind of told that she's the savior of the world. She's got to stop this, this evil bad guy. And uh, she doesn't really understand why. You know, she's, she doesn't see herself as a hero. Uh, she doesn't understand why the people of Sarai uh, see her as a hero. And uh, as she goes on this journey, kind of almost reluct reluctantly at first, uh, eventually she kind of like kicks the tires and says, okay, I, I guess I'm stuck here. I got to do this. Only way through is forward. Uh, so she kind of reluctantly accepts that this journey uh, and kind of starts to learn about herself and eventually is able to inherit this uh, great power. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where the power comes from or where the power is or, or, or any of that. Uh, that's, that's the fantasy part. But she kind of earns it by becoming, uh, by coming to terms with the things that the decisions and choices she made uh, that made her become this disconnected, selfish person. So uh, I think there's a little bit of everything for everybody. Uh, there's a little Lord of the Rings. There's a little uh, Chronicles of Narnia. There's a little Life of Pi. Uh, you know, there's 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 all this kind of just layered uh, storytelling. Uh, it's going to be uh, five issues. We're on book one right now. We just funded book one. Uh, we're heading towards our first stretch goal, which is uh, uh, we talked about at the beginning of the show is that Marvel card uh, that that features Baru, which is going to be her little partner. And yeah, man, I mean, I'm I'm super excited to tell the story, man. You've got well, you've got an idea because number one, you're the you're the editor on the book, so you know how much you know I you know I love and 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 time I put into the the scripts, uh, and uh, and I'm just really excited to tell the story. So I'm glad uh, that it's happening, and I'm excited because uh, I actually have way more backers than I've ever had uh, on anything, uh, including in Ferry. Uh, which is another DFAT property, and uh, and the agency, which is now a DFAT property. Um, and it's just, it makes me feel good, man, because it's like, I, I just feel like I'm growing, I'm getting my legs under me, my, my, my people are coming back, my, you know, my backers are consistent, and I'm, and I'm growing uh, on top of those. So I just feel like I'm hitting a stride. So yes, please go out. If you're listening, go back to the Illusion Witch, because this is going to be a great story. It's going to make you laugh. Hopefully it'll make you cry, because it made me cry while I wrote it, so I want you to cry while you read it. Um, but if it, you know, at the end of it, you're gonna love uh, the story that and the adventure you just went on. So I'm excited, as you can tell. I can tell, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you have until the 27th to back it. So if you're interested in all of that awesome stuff that Ruben just went over, uh, going going back this comic, make that stretch goal a possibility, and uh, get ready for the Illusion Witch. Uh, also up. Uh, and crowdsourcing today, uh, another DFAT Comics title, Hollow 3, uh, also now funded. Uh, still has over three weeks to go on its Kickstarter. So if if you guys like what uh, Casey Bowker, Darius Johnson, and, and team have done uh, with Hallowed, uh, the, the, the eerie detective, uh, I guess, story, uh, check that out, uh, guys, because... Defect Comics is is hitting hitting their stride in 2021 with uh, with what Casey and Ruben are doing and and more exciting things to come. Yes, sir. Casey's showing off. He he funded way faster than me. Um, I'm jealous. I'm angry. I don't want to talk to him ever again until tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, no. I mean, the book is great. Uh, you don't have to sell me on serial killer mysteries. 
Uh, and, and it's much bigger than that, believe me. Uh, and he's doing a great job. Darius is so freaking cool with his art style. Like, it's mm -hmm. just, it's got so unique. It's so unique. It doesn't look like anything in any other book that I've seen. And the colors in particular and, and where he's going with his style in issue three is just so awesome. So I'm excited. I backed it first day and not obligatory either because, and I tell my friends this all the time who are like creators and Kickstarter, you know, people and they, they, they do comics. And I tell them, listen, uh, I'll share your book, but you know, it's it, the story and stuff like that. It doesn't really grab me, you know, but I'll share the heck out of it. I'll tell people if they like this kind of stuff to, to back it, you know, but I'm not going to just back you to back you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that if the story moves me, I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? That's going to make me want to read it. And I think that it's cool to build your uh, repertoire that way in terms of creators that you deal with, because as me and Casey are learning, it's all about like, in terms of your creator circle, like who, who do you find that inspires you, right? That makes you want to tell better stories. So uh, I think this is a great, you know, Casey is a great example for me, especially because he's really pushed me to, especially with the Inferi, with, with Inferi, uh, with Hollowed, right? Like I see what he's doing with Hollowed and I'm like, oh, I got to step my game up here. So when I turn in the scripts to him, for him to put his touch on it, he'll be like, he doesn't, he'll, he'll not want to do anything. He'll be like, all right, well, I changed a couple of lines here, so I guess my name's going on it, but uh, but no, he's great. Uh, he's great with Inferi, and we've got a great plan for that book as well. But yes, go back Hollowed 1 through 3 right now because it's just a great book. Really great book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Live on Kickstarter. All right, so right let's now. jump into some comic news. This, this DC announcement got me this week. Uh, the announcement that we'll be getting continuations of both the Tim Burton Batman world and the Richard Donner Superman world. Because after those second movies, both those series fell off for me. Uh, so, I mean, Richard Pryor, no matter what, is not going to save Superman 3. Uh, and once you get into the Joel Schumacher films for Batman, I was kind of done after that. So I, um, I'm excited for this. The Batman, uh, the Batman series is going to be written by the the screenwriter from the Tim Burton movies. So that's uh, that's pretty exciting. That was Sam Hamm. Both really exciting series. Uh, I love Robert Venditti. Uh, he'll be doing the Superman 78 comic with Wilfredo Torres. Uh, and so that's going to be set between the first film and Superman 2. So what do you what do you think about growing this this classic world uh, in today's comics? I mean, listen, they're doing Future State, which goes, you know, beyond anything that we've seen so far in terms of timeline. They're trying to restructure that, right, and, and develop new heroes in the future. Uh, to be able to go back to the past and kind of build on top of the amazing world that Tim Burton created for his universe in Batman, that excites me. Uh, of course, Richard Donner's Superman's 1 and 2, that you know, the ultimate Boy Scout, uh, I, I find that exciting. Uh, I think that that could be very... Um, just wholesome, right? A, a very wholesome series. With Batman, though, I think that gives us an opportunity to dive deeper into just his rogues for that universe. Uh, you know, people forget that Billy D. Williams was Harvey Dent in that universe. Uh, so to see a POC, Two-Face, that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, and again, to to kind of see where they go with it, right? Like, is it going to be just Sam Hamm having a blast writing the Batman 3 that he never got to do with Tim Burton? Um, or is it going to be more like, uh, you know, a regular Batman series where we see a multitude of villains, right? We know that, unfortunately, we might not get a Joker 
Uh, we might maybe get a new version. Maybe Sam Hamm comes back with a new version of a Joker, but it won't be Jack Nicholson's interpretation uh, of, of the Joker. Uh, and uh, and again, just the excitement of Catwoman, right? Being being Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, because if I'm not mistaken, she doesn't die in Returns, does she? It's very it's left very open ended yes. of whether or not she's alive. Um, and uh, hopefully, Danny DeVito's Penguin is still around because uh, I would love to see him drawn. Uh, and kicking around. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm really excited for both of those series. Yeah, a couple of things about that. It's just kind of when they brought in Tommy Lee Jones, it was that was the worst thing ever, I think. Um, no matter how you feel about Tommy Lee Jones, A, the experience with him on set, I heard, wasn't good to begin with. Uh, but when you brought in Billy D. Williams in, in Batman 89, in the Batman animated series, you were you were bringing in you know African American Harvey Dent, all this stuff, and then even in the Batman Lego Movie, they do Billy D Williams Two Face. You know, so mm-hmm. I want to see it. I want to see it. I don't care if it's on paper. I don't care. It was something that I've always you know kind of questioned why they why they moved away from that. So mm-hmm. whether it was he was busy or whatever the reason, um, I don't like it. I want to, I want, I want that, I want that two face. Uh, but in terms of the other villains, I mean, it's comics. You can write them back in somehow. I mean, if the Joker right. shows back up in that world, I wouldn't really think twice about it a little bit, no. but that's it. Um, very excited for both those series. Uh, next up, uh, the Witcher, uh, which has been running at Dark Horse Comics. Uh, they announced uh, the Witcher, which is, uh, which is Lament. Uh, that'll be coming this year. And so it's another uh, new limited series starring Geralt, and it's being uh, called the next exciting chapter. So uh, written by uh, Bart Bartos Sitzbor. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm going to butcher everybody's name uh, with art by Vanessa R. Del Rey um, mm. and and more. So uh, you can check that out. Uh, that's being previewed right now. Uh, I know you're not a huge Witcher fan, but uh, this this world is continue to grow out and uh this comic hits in may yeah yeah it's it's good i mean um i know you didn't like it as much but i'm 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 pretty excited to see them grow the world out even past Geralt, uh especially with like the prequel show i guess set thousands of years before and stuff like that so as they Mm -hmm. grow out those mythos i'll i'll be more and more interested because i kind of got into reading the books um and i played the third game uh, like it was my job uh but (laughs) That that all kind of enriched the world for me. I can see where people approach that TV show and are like, okay. Yeah. Uh, next up in comic news, we have Todd McFarlane, and I'm going to call this the year of Spawn, uh, yeah. because he has so much planned, I guess, this year, as he always says. Um, and I love Todd McFarlane, but we've been waiting for something on that new Spawn movie, which he promises again we'll be hearing more of this year. But... He's announced a basically a Spawn shared universe in the comics. So we'll be getting four new Spawn series this year, all tying into this this shared world, which is becoming very popular now. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for this. I like Spawn. I love the character. Love Todd McFarlane's excitement. He's one of those guys like Kevin Smith who is able to get me hype about all the all the things that they're doing. Um, but again, it's been a, a, a slow uh, process uh, like anything with 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 independent creators and and their IP, uh, but I think he's you know I think it's getting there. Uh, that image he shared 
looks cool. So I'm all about it, man. I'm, you know, give me more of that stuff. Uh, and I love to see, you know, even though Todd McFarlane is not considered an indie creator, but he is part of that world, right? Like they started that world, so to speak. Exactly. So uh, to me, he's still the godfather. Of, you know, he's one of the godfathers of indie. And uh, and I'm all for it. Let him let him let him have as much success with the Spawn universe as possible. Absolutely. And with names like Art Adams, uh, J. Scott Campbell, Greg Capullo, of course, uh, Donnie Cates, Ben Oliver, Sean Gordon Murphy, all those guys uh, and more are going to be involved in this project. So looking forward to uh, more Spawn this year and, and Epic this. Uh, okay. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about TV. Are you a, you a Gremlins fan? Dude, do do bears crap in the woods? I don't know. Do they? I'm I'm pretty sure they do. I've never. I, I don't actually know. Have you ever just, seen one? I I just thought it sounded really cool. Come do they say in it? Does it really happen yeah. if you don't see it? I don't know. I don't I'm know. Just... I don't know. But but do mogwais poop in the woods? Right. Do 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 mogwais poop? I don't know. Anyway, I would think the fur would be a mess to clean. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm so about this. And again anything bd wong right like i don't know if anybody else in the universe feels this way about bd wong the way that i feel about bd wong oh you're raising your hand okay cool that's me we're gonna have we're gonna have to start a fan club i think that bd wong should be in everything Mm -hmm. everything the dude and i don't know i don't know what it is about him um and then of course ming na wen uh i'm i'm all about this series i'm all about the gremlins universe i've loved the movies since a kid uh i think Having a Mogwai would have been the best thing in the world. I think it actually would have made me a more responsible kid. Or right? the worst. No, nah, you know, the gremlins frightened me as a kid. So I think <laughs> that I would have done the best job at, like, never getting my Mogwai wet. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I'd still have it. We'd be like Ted. You know you, you know that movie with Mark Wahlberg? It'd be me and my Mogwai <laughs> right now. 39 and, like, however old Mogwais get. Um, and we'd still be best of pals. And he would have never have once gotten wet. So it'd be cool. It'd be cool. So yes, I'm I'm super hyped for this series. Ever since it was announced, I'm like, just make it already so that I can watch it and complain about how long I have to wait for the follow up. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is a this is basically a prequel series. It's going to be animated, set in the 1920s Shanghai. Uh, we'll tell a story of how 10 year old Sam Wing, who is the you know the, the shopkeeper at the beginning, who gives mm-hmm. uh, the the Mogwai to the father. Um, mm-hmm. And so this this does sound interesting. I like this kind of like this jaunt in the past and and more. So uh, looking forward to that as well and all the awesome things you just said. So no need to repeat them, <laughs> but I will not feed them after midnight. Uh, no. Next up, uh, we have an announcement of a Wednesday from the Adams Family live action series coming from Tim Burton. So this is uh, this is kind of come came out of left field this week, right? I don't think they have been talking about this. Uh, like that new animated movie had come out, uh, and I guess traction is really picking up for for more and more Adams Family. I think that this is a great idea because I want I want to see more of what like the world out there and what they can do with it, especially Tim Burton. Oh yeah, and you know I I think that there was a little bit of um, rumor or buzz going around a couple of months ago towards the end of the year that an Adams family show was coming and that Tim Burton was going to be behind it. And I think this is what they were talking about. I think that maybe, you know, the game of telephone happened and there was uh, Adams family concept and people immediately gravitated toward to just the family uh, reboot of the show. Uh, but now of course, in, in typical 
universe sharing fashion and franchises they've decided to to focus on one character and maybe build it out from there and wednesday is brilliant uh, i attribute wednesday to my love of pale skin and dark hair as a kid as a kid uh, i can say that christina ritchie you know did it for me she checked all the boxes as a kid you know like i really wanted her to move in next door so she would be my my, my girl next door so uh, now as an adult, I, I really, when they started talking about the Adams Family show, I thought, what a turn of card would it be for her to come in and play Morticia uh, Adams? Um, she she nice. did her yeah. as a, uh, she did her costume or maybe it's a fan made picture, but they say, oh, Christina Ritchie did Morticia as Halloween and she looked great. A knockout. She's still beautiful and she's a great, I love her on everything that she's done. Uh, so I think she would be great uh, to bring her. I don't know to bring her back as Wednesday because. Again, Wednesday is a is a young girl, uh, but maybe to bring her back as Morticia as Wednesday's mom, I think would be a great idea for that show. Um, and we'll see where it goes. Is Tim Burton actually directing this, or is he just kind of like overseeing? You know, like kind of just sitting back and picking the writers and directors for the show. Do we know? I I don't know. I just okay, and I haven't done enough research into it yet. After the okay. announcement. Um, yeah, I, I would imagine that he's kind of like the showrunner, but probably has a lot of uh, influence in what's going to happen. So mm. create that world that we uh, that we expect from him and that gothic, uh, you know, what works with the Adams family and whatnot. All that's yeah. really good ideas. Um, also kind of like the idea that's going to be set at Nevermore Academy in a way uh, kind of brings in that Harry Potter um, school aspect of things uh, to bring in that 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 crowd that enjoys kind of seeing that progression of the character mm-hmm. yeah so i'm with it looking forward to it uh this has been kind of up in the air i know i, I did mention this earlier about disney plus star uh where disney wants to do these more adult uh oriented things uh and and put them on you know so disney star launches on the 23rd so that launches this week probably by the time you hear this episode uh so i'm excited for this because i do believe that disney has been buying up these properties uh, and, you know, you can send them the Hulu and whatnot, but at the same time, not everything's going to fit on Hulu uh, in that, in that format. So very, very excited for this uh, because we waited to see what they're going to do with Deadpool and different things like that. Like, what do you, what do you think about this? So I've been, I've been listening to you met the name drop Disney star all throughout the episode and I knew it was coming up at the end. So I wanted to kind of just wait and just play the fan here and kind of find out. So this is another streaming service that will be attached to your subscription to Disney Plus, or, or is it going to be like a icon in Disney Plus where it keeps like all their R-rated stuff? I I think that's what it is. I think it. I think it's. I don't think you're going to pay for it. It's going to be like, how do the other ones do it? It's like you can set up a child account and then you can set up an adult account. So there's got to be mm-hmm. some kind of like filters, of course. That, to fix okay. all that stuff so okay. from what i understand it's in addition to what you're not paying anymore it's just adding mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you don't have to okay. watch all the disney stuff together you know as long as i don't have to pay anymore um i'm right. good you know uh you're already you're already making me question whether or not i'm going to pay the extra money for raya because it just looks so brilliant and it looks so good um and I'm still not vaccinated and don't want to sit next to anybody in a movie theater. Uh, so I, I don't know what I'm going to do when it comes to that. But 
Um, but yeah, I mean, if this is going to just house all of your Fox properties and things like that, uh, that is just kind of like how HBO, HBO Max, which again, I have to take tip my hat off to this young streamer, this young buck streamer, because I think they have done it so well. Uh, their, their, their user interface is friendly. I love it. Uh, I love how they have the hubs for different, for their different properties. Uh, and I think, you know, if Disney's going, if Disney plus is going to turn into something like that, where they have different hubs and it's kind of age protected. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. That's, that's, uh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm with it. Uh, I see CBS plus is doing the same thing. They're about to integrate into Paramount. So I think we're seeing kind of like just this culmination of all of these young streamers getting their stuff together and trying to catch up and say, okay, now, now we're right, right? Now everything is in its place. So yes, I'm all for it. Uh, looking forward to seeing how it looks. Uh, Cause I'm, I'm one of those people. Uh, I don't really enjoy Amazon, Amazon's prime user interface. I don't like how yeah. they kind of have everything set up. I think it's very difficult uh, to use. Uh, you kind of have to dig through too much. Uh, so I'm looking forward, you know, to to seeing what Disney does with that and uh, seeing how they, they set it up. Because even right now, when you go into the Marvel section, you have the old Fox movies and things like that that don't really belong there because they don't belong to the MCU proper. Right. Yeah, they so have to call them like legacy or whatever. Right. They have to call them legacy. And that to me, again, for guys like us, we pick it up fast. Right. Those who are who have been forged in the fires of, of nerddom. But for your everyday people who kind of just go and watch marvel universe movies they kind of start to think okay well does this fantastic four movie fit anywhere in this mcu like so again the confusion is real uh and the the more you can kind of separate that and kind of make it its own thing the better 100 percent. uh and i kind of just looked at it it you'll what people are going to see is a, pi a price bump in disney plus okay so we all you know i mean when I signed we up, I signed coming. up for yeah, exactly. I signed up for three years at like at like three dollars, like three dollars a month or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. That crazy Same. intro, but Same. like it's you see the pricing for the other streaming services when Netflix is up to almost seventeen dollars and things like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can, like you said, you compare the differences of how they're presenting it and what's on there, and Disney will get up there eventually, it, bundle or not, um, and mm -hmm. people will pay for it regardless because right. of the of all the content so very exciting right. um there's a whole list of things already ready to hit that uh side of things come the 23rd so uh be ready for that uh last up in tv news uh we finally got a trailer for invincible uh due out yeah. on march 26th speaking of amazon prime uh wow. this animated series from robert kirkman has been in the works for a while uh and because this was this was announced man i don't even like Back. Two years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. And so this this is coming at us. Eight episodes are coming. Uh, what do you think? I didn't I didn't read Invincible. I do like Robert Kirkman, uh, but I never went beyond Little Walking Dead, Outcast. Uh, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, um, same, same. I I, I was gifted actually uh, the Invincible for a few of the uh, a few of the volumes uh, by my nephew. And unfortunately, I lost them in the fire, uh, so I never really went back. But it isn't a series that always interested me. I always wanted to know how Robert Kirkman kind of did superheroes. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the show. I, I decided after I saw the trailer that 
I was not going to buy the books until I kind of consumed the, uh, the, the, the media that we're going to get now. Uh, just because, again, the voice cast is so impressive. I mean, it is just star-studded. Um, and it looks great. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it, learning, and being a, an invincible virgin, so to speak, and uh, coming into the, the universe and just watching from there and learning from there. And, uh, and then hopefully it'll get me excited enough to where I'll, I'll probably want to just read it all so that I know more than anybody that's <laughs> in my circle that hasn't watched it and read it. Uh, and that way I don't get spoiled because we live in a world where, you know, the show get you know, things will get spoiled. So, yeah, that's the kind of thing, though. It's uh, if you haven't read the comic that they're adapting, do you go and watch it first, like you just said, or do you read it? Because I always felt like that happened with books. Right. So if they adapt a book back in the day and then you watch the movie. You're always disappointed. But if you did it vice versa. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like that. So um, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm in the same boat. There's a, there's been a few things that have hit. Like, I never read The Boys, and then I watched mm -hmm. The Boys, and I love The Boys, and now I want to read mm -hmm. The Boys. So hopefully Invincible does that for me as well. Uh, right. I, I'd, love, I'd love to see more of this and more more projects, more animated feature projects like this. So yes, very excited. Uh, jumping over to movie news, we have Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League incoming next month. And so as much flack as people want to give Zack Snyder for that and other things, I'm a Zack Snyder fan, honestly. I like Zack Snyder's films. Uh, I think that he is he does have a good vision. Uh, and the movies he makes are very uh, they are different. Uh, and I've and I've, I will never I will never give Zack, Zack Snyder a hard time for what happened with Justice League. Um, or this whole the whole re rebirth of the movie uh, hitting HBO Max, but I am excited to hear of moving forward from this from for him, especially with Arm of the Dead hitting Netflix soon, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm very excited for. Uh, and now it's being rumored because not rumored he actually did say this he is developing a faithful retelling of the King Arthur legend now. <laughs> I'm a fan of that. No matter how many times you want to tell that story, I'm probably going to watch it. And I'd love to see his version of it. Um, I wasn't really a big fan of the guy Richie one. I didn't, I didn't, I guess going into it, it was like, it was a, it was kind of a, this is, this is where we're going with the series. It was the same thing with like how they had taken Robin hood and all these different directions. So when does, when does this trope run out or can you keep retelling these stories? What do you think? Um, I laugh because I actually just had a meeting with an artist last week, um, about a series that we're going to do, um, that, that, that kind of leads into, uh, the Arthur mythos and, you know, things like that. We talked about maybe doing like an origin story for the actual Excalibur sword, right? And where that comes from, that type of scenario, and how it falls into Arthur's hands eventually. Um, but so I, I found it funny that that just a couple of days later, Snyder announces his Arthur universe. So we might, me and him, me and Ron might have to revisit the Excalibur scenario. But uh, but again, just different ways of approaching the universe and different ways of telling the story. Um, you know, our story doesn't really revolve around Arthur; it revolves more about a group of warriors who have to go and find Excalibur for the first time. Um, and then eventually how that sword maybe gets into, you know, the stone or in terms of like Merlin being involved with it. So it's a very long journey. We said that, you know, it's very 
it's very different. But no, I don't think the trope ends, man. I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a huge Alexander Dumas fan. You actually sent me an article uh, about the, the Three Musketeers uh, movie. Uh, you know that I've got an unfinished series called Three Swords that I would love to get back to, uh, which is my retelling of the, the, the Three Musketeers, which still nobody has done the way that, I've, that, I've, that I'm doing or I've thought of. Uh, or that I set up in, uh, in, in Three Swords uh, in that first issue. So I, I'm, I'm kind of racing to get back to that as well, because I think, again, there, there are stories that you can approach in so many different ways and tell them in so many different, you know, different time periods and different, you know, versions of themselves. So, again, I don't think the trope dies. Uh, and Zack Snyder is definitely somebody who has a really keen eye. And I think he, has, like you said, has a really great vision. So to see something of his King Arthur-esque, I'm, I'm all for it, man. Um, I'm actually a little bit more excited for his Army of the Dead movie than I am his um, the, 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 the Justice League thing. Just because, again, I think there's just so much hype around it that I just, mm, I don't know. But I'm going to give it a shot, you know. I'm excited for him. I'm glad he's getting, to, as a creator, I got to be happy for him to getting to finish his, his version of it. Uh, but I'm more excited for his zombie movie because, again, for me, Dawn of the, the Dawn of the Dead remake, uh, there's nothing better, right? Like, there's no better remake of of, uh, of zombie movies than that for me. Uh, so he's he's definitely a guy who I admire, and uh, I want to see more of. And I'm glad he's going to get to move on from the Justice League, you know? Absolutely. I think that he deserves more than, than the negative flag from that. Um, right. Before we talk about uh, the two trailers that hit this week, I just wanted to mention uh, another casting for the Dungeon and Dragons movie. Uh, interestingly enough, I, I was going to watch Saturday Night Live last night, and actually, I, I waited. I'm going to wait till today to watch it. But uh, Ray, Ray Jean Page uh, has been added to the cast of D and D, and he also uh, hosted Saturday Night Live this week. So I'm actually really interested mm. in, not, in that right now. Mm. So um, this movie. Um, I'm I'm kind of hesitant to get excited about the '90s movie was bad. Um, how do you approach D and D nowadays? Uh, Casey actually had a good idea on one of the episodes. It's more like do a Jumanji thing. Um, mm-hmm. So that would uh, that'd be kind of exciting to see a like a few kids playing D and D and then get sucked into the game. Yeah, that's what no, I'm all I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And uh, Justice Smith is you know I love him. He's yep. a gem. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about a story of two trailers this week. Uh, let's talk about the first one. The Mortal Kombat trailer uh, was pretty epic. It was uh, the, that red trailer did it all for me, um, from Jimmy Olsen getting his arms ripped off to <laughs> to to more. Um, no, I I I love Mortal Kombat. Um, I'm actually a fan of that first movie. And I, I'm really excited to see a more modern take on it too. It looks it looks pretty badass. I love that you just referred to Jax as Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> Mashad Mashad uh, Brooks, right? Yeah, Mashad Brooks. Yeah, and love he's a beast. Guy. And honestly, I didn't really, you know, I I, I wasn't sure about this movie at all, right? Like, uh, so watching the cast come together, and I'm just like, eh, okay, okay, cool, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I love that. And then the trailer drops, and I'm just, I, I was blown away. Now, I will say that we're going to be in for a bit of an eye roller, I think, just because if you go even go back into this trailer, 
um, they're like, oh, Cole, your birthmark. And his sister's like, she turns around and she's like, yeah, he was born with it. I was half expecting uh, Peter Dinklage to come on as his character from the Avengers and be like, yes, that's what a birthmark means. <laughs> you know, like it was just one of those moments in the trailer where I was just like, somebody should have caught that. That was not good. Right. But the fatalities, the costumes, um, everything looks great. You know, the CGI still looks a little wonky. But again, we're used to seeing that early in trailers where, you know, they, they've got, you know, th the best that it looks at that moment. And it's going to get better. Right. It'll get better, especially with our vocal Internet fan base the way that mm -hmm. it is. We saw it happen with Sonic. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think that if anybody's like, oh, Goro looks wrong or or something like that, uh, they will go back in there and make sure that it's the best of the best. And I'm sure they're going to do it anyway. Um, and I'm excited, man. I mean, listen, we know it's not going to win an Oscar. Right. We're not going there. We're not going there for that. We don't right? need to. <laughs> um, we have we have POCs right in in the right in the right castings, right? Uh, Adam Lambert is not playing an Asian, you know, lightning god, right? Like, we. Oh, so, Christopher Lambert. Oh, oh. Christopher Lambert. Sorry, Lam Lambert. Uh, Lambert, whatever. <laughs> the, Highlander. Like, the Highlander. You know that guy. He got to play god. a Nordic guy. He got to play an Asian. Right. Yeah, right. People give Scarlett Johansson a hard time. See. <laughs> um. Anyway, so. Um, can you tell that we are like the total like freedom fighters? Like we are, like we, we, we definitely are. We're, we're for the people. And I love that. That's um, it. so, so, but, but yes, man, like this, this movie is actually doing all of those things right. And even though we might not have, you know, my, my best friend was like, I hope Kano is not a good guy. And I'm like, actually, I like Kano more the way that they're showing him in this movie in terms of being like the wild card good guy kind of like he's on the right side but he's also like off the, the chain you can right yeah you can tell that he might get corrupted or something like but like in terms of him hanging out with sonia and jackson i love that moment where he's like kano wins you know what i'm saying like i loved it i loved i loved it i loved it i'm, I'm excited for it and I'm, I'm there for all the cheese give me all the cheese too because i mean what more can we accept expect from mortal Kombat except a bunch of blood and cheese so that's right. I'm there. Finish him. Finish him. Oh. Looking forward to it. It's going to be hitting HBO Max with that dual release this year. So we'll be able to watch it from the comfort of our own homes. Yes. Uh, next up, little, I don't know about this one, honestly. The Cruella trailer hit this week. And all I could think about was Todd Phillips' Joker movie, honestly. Um, but light. Um, I don't, I don't want to be negative about it. Like, I liked Maleficent. I liked villains. But do we need a Cruella de Vil movie? I mean, it's got a good cast and whatnot. But I'm just it, I'm just stewing over to my head. Just kind of, I don't know about it. What do you think? I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Um, you know, Disney for a long time has, has always been rumored to uh, open up a section or even open up like a dark park, right? Like a, a, a park or a, a land based on all their villains um and all villains need origin stories cruella de vil is probably one of one of the scariest villains uh in in animation history she is drawn uh very you know just you you see her and immediately you're like uh i don't want that person next to me uh so to bring in somebody who's as attractive as emma stone is uh and who has the 
the the gravitas, right? To be able to pull off any role that you put her in. You know, she is an Oscar winner uh, and, and an MTV trailblazer. Uh, so I, I look at her and I say, okay, great, great casting. Uh, and, and I watch the trailer. And if I'm not mistaken, am I getting the concept that she belongs to like some sort of villain group? Like everybody's trying to be the baddest of the bad, uh, almost like in that despicable me kind of vein where Gru, belo Gru belongs to like all these other villains um, or even like uh, I love that uh, Wreck-It Ralph scene where all the bad guys from the video yes. games are all sitting in their support group. Uh, yeah. So I kind of like the fact that Cruella is against nothing but bad guys, right? Like, and she's just vying to be the cruelest of all of them. Uh, and kind of almost the 101 Dalmatians nod where she's, you know, she's got kind of her henchmen and they've got like, I don't know if there's going to be, uh, God, my Disney fans are going to kill me, but I don't remember. Is it Pogo, uh, the dad and the mom? I can't remember their names. I don't know if it's going to be one, Pogo. You and, got one of them. Yep. Right. I don't I know, know the other one. That's good. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be Pogo and, 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 and his, his, his partner, uh, but it's going to be a nod to the 101 Dalmatians. Maybe the dogs turn on her and that's where she gets her original coat. And that's where she gets her obsession for Dalmatian coats. But um, I don't know, man, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I like the way Disney is approaching their villains and kind of how they're building them out and how they got their start. So, and it's Emma Stone, dude, like, I'm sorry. I know it's such a like guy thing. Don't hate me, but I love her, man. She's like, again, one of the other ones that checks all the boxes I think she's brilliant, smart, well-articulated, talented, and beautiful to boot. So give me more of her in anything, really. I will take your guidance and keep an open mind. Absolutely. You have to. I mean, that's the thing, too. If it's a, it's a burning heap of garbage, then that's what it ends up being. But until then, give it a chance, right? That's right. That's good. All right. We're going to jump into another commercial break, and then we'll be back with more Tally Talk and Ruben Romero. Need more context on your favorite movie? Is Obama. Obama. As okay. He's Senator Obama. Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is, Perfect this is quality entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies. Do you miss hanging out at bars with a friend? Cream, cream ale. Do you miss those two friends of yours that would always end up drinking too much, leading to discussions about political philosophy? If so, then we have a podcast for you. When they nuked the Capitol, you know, that was bad. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jake. Join us at the tavern for a pint, a few laughs, and some nonsensical discussions. I will say neither of us are constitutional lawyers. <laughs> a political podcast for the unencumbered political mind. Search for the Bull and Moose Tavern on your favorite podcast streaming service today. He managed to make Trump look good on something. It's like bad. We are back after those awesome commercials. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about video gaming news. Uh, we got a launch of some new Assassin's Creed Valhalla content this week uh, i'm very excited since i beat that game and been waiting for more things to do in my viking world so uh they released what's known as river raid mode uh it takes you to the other side of england onto a new part of the map where you just go down the rivers and kind of a repetitive 
uh, scenario uh, to to raid different camps and whatnot. But the nice thing about this is you can get a new armor set and new weapon set and, and other things that OCD people like me need to get in video games. So um, I love this game. I've been playing it way too much, and um, I'm looking forward to more content even after this. <laughs> You can see my love, Vikings deep dive as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I I love how these games though are are doing all of these things, and they continue to you know sixty bucks sometimes seventy bucks for these video games. It's it's a steep price, so to continue to be able to do even like like you said, even repetitive stuff that allows you to kind of just build out your character, I think it's good content. So if people are enjoying it, give them more. Let them eat cake. Yeah, I got um I bought the after I beat the game, I bought the seasons pass and. Part of the season pass was the Beowulf DLC, which was very disappointing to me. It was very short. It should have been a side mission in the game. But as I complained, I realized also they give you a lot of other free stuff. So they, my opinion is don't don't put something like that in your DLC as a paid thing. Don't mention it if it's not going to be expansive. You know, right. people expect expansive stuff. You can say, oh, we're going to give you Ireland. We're going to give you Francia. But then we'll give you a third lot of things that's a bunch of different things that you enjoy, but we're not going to, you know, we'll, we won't get into it. It'll be seasonal stuff or whatever. So right. I like that. It keeps the game fresh and me coming back to it and going up and down those rivers, um, living my, the the days I wish I could live. Yeah. <laughs> Born in the wrong time period, as I always say. Uh, right. Anyways, um, a game that nobody enjoyed uh, except me a little bit. Um Square Enix's Avengers game continues to kind of limp forward. Um, I I don't know what to say. I enjoy it to a certain extent for what it is, but there are so many problems with it. Um, and Square Enix did a huge hit. But uh, the Hawkeye DLC is on its way. It is the future and perfect timeline to a certain extent where you fight Maestro. Uh, mm -hmm. So they are bringing in other villains. Uh, so that's... I'm gonna I'm gonna see. I still haven't played the Kate Bishop DLC yet, which is on me. Uh, but again, that one's that was watered down as well because um, of how the game was received. So we'll see what happens. Uh, that hits on March eighteenth. Yeah, I mean, I, I played the beta. I liked it. Um, again, you get to play as Marvel characters. It's very simple. Uh, again, I'm not so into gaming where like mechanics and things like that. I don't break it down that way. Uh, so I don't really see it. I, I did want more out of this, uh, so I never really bought it. Uh, somebody mentioned to me the other day that it might start to be free to play, like free to download, free to play. So if it does ever get there, I'll probably jump on it and 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 definitely you know dive deep. But for me, I I, I crave more Marvel titles uh, in the same vein as like Spider Man and and the Miles Morales games. Mm -hmm. Give me that. Give me that. I know you want to do like a cool Avengers thing, but I'd much rather just play a single characters where other characters might show up. Um, and then, like you said, maybe we get, you know, more DLCs and things like that. But I think you, you kind of make it more difficult in terms of game engineering when you have to include all these different characters all the time. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a game guy, so I don't know what it goes into all of that. But for me, I feel like if they would have done like an Iron Man game or a Black Panther game, you know, um, or, you know, even to go on the other side, for me, I've been dying for a Flash game, you know, uh, that that kind of stuff to, to me, I think is better because you can kind of just focus on those 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 controls, those dynamics, that story. And you don't have to go all over the place. Um, and again, when people when, when like you said, when, when you release games like this, people, they imagine the best of the best. And sometimes mm -hmm. you don't get it, you know. 
there there's some golden highlights of that game and i'll tell you like being thor or being hulk and just having that power being capped there's a lot of good things about that game if you picked it up cheap and you were going to play it i'd play it with you because that was one thing too i didn't have anybody to play it with it is kind of multiplayer based um Mm -hmm. and so i mean that that adds to it too it's like you and your friends running around as the avengers uh so i wish that it would have been a stronger launch but uh we'll see if they they come back and can you know fix fix things for the better that's it uh last up in gaming news i mentioned the disappointing nintendo direct this year um we're getting a instead of breath of wild 2 announcement um you know more from that we're getting a skyward sword remaster uh so as they continue to just remaster games and not put out new content i'm just still waiting for my metroid game nintendo Mm -hmm. i love zelda games um but i'm not going to go back and play a game like that that takes hours and hours when i already know what happens so that's that's my frustration it's like keep remastering and bringing all this stuff back but i mean i under like i'll give you 2020 all right that's i understand a lot of things happened and it was probably hard to get things launched but like get people excited this is this was very lackluster for me yeah so and i heard they had a i heard they (laughs) also had a very disappointing um Super Smash Brothers character announcement. Like people thought it was going to be somebody else, and then it, like the card got turned on them, and it ended up being another character from that same universe. So I don't, you know, again, I don't, I'm not into all of that. Uh, my 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 best friend and my roommate who's getting ready to move out, um, he just picked up a Switch and he's been on uh, Zelda Breath of Wild. He just beat it. Uh, so I just, you know, I now and with Rian, I kind of uh, I want to get a get a Switch. So. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I uh, like you. I'm waiting to see more original, you know, gaming from them, and instead of all these remasters. Exactly. I love my Nintendo Switch. It's one of my favorite game systems of all time, honestly. And I just think that Nintendo can do more. So I'll wait. It is still early this year, so hopefully we'll get some more announcements. Yeah. But what time is it, Ruben? It is Pursuit of Plastic Time. All right, toy enthusiasts and action figure collectors. Uh, This weekend, or one of these weekends in February, is usually Toy Fair in New York City. And it's something I miss a lot uh, since I moved from New York. Uh, We used to have the opportunity to go thanks to DFAT and and hang out there because it's, it's a, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's not open to the public. It's not a, it's not a, uh, it's not a con. It's, it's a professional event. So um, I remember moving to New York City and being like, how do I get into something like this? It's 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 impossible, you know. And then a couple later years later, we started this website, and um, I started getting press passes, which is awesome. And so I miss it. Um, but Mesco is doing their own toy fair uh, in light of you know COVID. Of course, this year uh, and last year have basically ruined plans for all of that. Um, and we are both. You and I looking forward to the return of cons, but mm-hmm. um, Mesco announced a lot of cool things this weekend so far. Uh, day one was yesterday, uh, Saturday the 20th, um, and it'll be going through the weekend. So there's much more to come. But that first day, uh, they showed off the Fantastic Four box set that they previewed uh, last year just with a picture. Now they're showing the figures. Uh, we're getting the crow finally. Um, Michael Myers from Halloween 2, which is kind of a rehash for me because, I mean, if you have the first one, you don't need the second one. Um, 
and and a lot more. So I'm excited to see. Um, I'm a big fan of Mezco because they are smaller hot toys, a little bit more of a comfortable price point, and um, six inch scale, which is my favorite uh, scale for toys. Yes, sir. I'm all about it, man. I, I, more and more, um, I find myself uh, putting them back on the shelf, right? Because again, I have no room for anything, right? But like more and more, I'm starting to like just look at the the figures and be like, oh, just wait till you have a house and a room that you can fill them up with. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm I'm totally excited about it. I'm 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 there for it, especially those fantastic four figures. They're beautiful. Yes, and if if it gets us one step closer to a Mezco Doom figure, I'm that much happier. So it's mm-hmm. been it's been being called out for years. So make it happen, Mezco. Um, also, uh, NECA announced uh, another box set uh, for their Ninja Turtle animated line. Uh, this time around, it's going to be the the uh, the brothers four in their street uh, their street clothes, which is like the the overcoats, uh, the fedoras. And some cool accessories to go with that as well. So uh, if you're a collector of that line, which I fell off of because I can't find any of them at Target, thanks to the poor distribution and scalpers, that's my soapbox for the day. But um, if you guys can find them, cool. Enjoy them. Yeah, I mean, I love that original wave that they did for the animated series. These look just as cool. Um, I love the accessories. And uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I actually saw some kid robot um Ninja Turtle stuff. I, I meant to send you the picture the other day, and I completely forgot because like Rian ran away from me while we were in the aisle. I had to go get them, but like they're like a solid color. You know, they're just one color. You know, Raphael's red, Donatello's purple. Um, I bet you if I go back to Target now, they're gone. Uh, they are Kid Robot. Uh, so I, I, like I said, I was I literally pulled my phone out to call you, uh, and so I can ask you like, do you know anything about these? Are these like rare? Are they hard to find? Because if they were, I was going to scoop them up. But like I said, Rian just like made a beeline towards the TV section. And I just had to like put my phone down and, and go get him. And of course, life takes over. So you forget. But now that we're talking about it, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I had to talk about that. Uh, but yeah, um, look those up. yeah, look them up. Let me know, because if anything, I'll run back to Target. <laughs> sounds good. It sounds that sounds like a plan. Um yeah, I, you know what? I love I love Ninja Turtles. I just I love that it continues to be a very popular franchise, and I hope that um, we see something new from you know again uh, that you know we've moved past the the, the the Michael Bay movies. I don't think that other animated series is on anymore. So I wonder when we'll get a reassur- resurgence of of the the turtles again. It's probably coming. It, Hopefully. Oh, so. have you been have you been reading Last Ronin or what is it? Yeah, Last Ronin. Yeah, I haven't picked up the the second issue yet. I'm I'm actually going to go to the comic book store when I'm done here, when we're done here. But, but yeah, uh, I've been I, I read the first issue uh, and I loved it. Um, I thought it was a really good, you know, it's a really dark, gritty story. Um, but uh, I was right about the turtle who survived. That's mm-hmm. all I know. Uh, so, and I thought it was brilliant. So. Yeah, I love the fact that Eastman Lard came together again to write this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never. Yeah. You know, being a fan of them, I never really knew that until I watched the toys that made us um, mm. and really didn't understand how bad it was. Um, right. And the fact that they came back together was a very great moment in, in geek history um, over that show. Right. Basically. And then they they read they they came together and put together this story that they had been planning and and whatnot before. And I just like when things like that work out, because 
you shouldn't you shouldn't hold those kind of grudges forever. You know, life is right. short, and when you've created something so that's touched so many people, it's like why why be like that? You know, so right, right. I'm just happy to see more and more of that come out and happy stories. Uh, we mentioned Tom McFarlane, the Todd Father, a little bit earlier today. Um, again, the year of Spawn. Uh, we'll be getting more Spawn figures uh, this year. Uh, kind of deep diving back into remaking uh, some great ones from the past. He he had a very successful Kickstarter with uh, with remastering the the original Spawn action figure he had from back in the day when he launched the, his his company and. Uh, he teased like Violator this week, which is one I'd pick up. A newer version, it looked really badass. Um, of course, yeah. you know, Medieval Spawn is coming back. Co- Cowboy Spawn, Redeemer Spawn, all the spawns that exist, all these different timelines that you can um, you can adapt from and, and make some really cool figures. So um, this is cool. Um, like I said, I really really want that Violator. Yeah, and you know, you know, hats off to him for funding his Kickstarter. I know it's a tough tough road. Uh, to fund Kickstarters. No, I'm just playing. He's Todd McFarlane. Maybe. Right, he did it in like an hour or something. Like right, that. like how <laughs> ten minutes. You know? like, shut up and take my money, literally. Right. Um, so yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's 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 amazing. Like I've 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 backed action figure Kickstarters, and they're like they go so fast. When the Four Horsemen did Mythic Legions, and they made over a million dollars on each and stuff like that, yeah. it's just. I love that kind of stuff. I love indie, comp, like indie releases like that. That um, get away from these major manufacturers. You know, it's it's better products, a little bit more expensive, but definitely more hard into it and, and accessories and more. So very very cool. Sure. Uh, last up, uh, we got some really cool Hot Toys news from Star Wars this week. Uh, first up, uh, I've been waiting for a Katie Katie Sackoff uh, Hot Toy. Uh, for a long time, I, not really. I don't think I'm going to buy this because, a, it's very expensive, and I already I have the Black Series pre pre ordered, so that's kind of the thing. Is like, where do I draw the line? I think this is awesome. I think it'll make it a really great hot toy. I just am not going to spend that money on it. <laughs> so, like to be clear, it's not a hot toy of just Katie Sakoff. Yeah, yeah. No, it that is. Be, it is. That... It's in her street clothes. I'm sorry. No, it's Bo-Katan. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> she's she's got. I'm sorry. Like it's a, Starbucks. A Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks cup of coffee, you know, like. Yeah. Um, I would, I would no. buy that one over any other one, I think. Oh, probably, more than likely. Um, yeah, no, that's the thing with the hot toys, man, is that they're so beautiful and like they call your name and like you know, but they're so expensive, right? And and again, somebody like me who is drawn to things like this, where I feel like the the, the articulation, the uh, the face, the the color, the painting, all of that stuff to me, uh, I've, I've is important, right? So. And again, it's not like I'm gonna play with them. They're they're to put away and put on display. Uh, so it's it's worth the buy. But again, one of those things where you're just like, this one's cool, but the one that we're about to talk about next is even cooler. So exactly, it's a slippery slope, right? It's like, well, I bought this one. Now I need this one because it goes with it. So it's it's when you get into that level of collecting, you really got to pick and choose which ones are part of that display. And that's kind of how I do it. Um, it's like I will buy Din. I'm not gonna buy Bo Katan. You know what I mean? Now this next one is tough too because uh, they did show off a teaser uh, image of Boba Fett from The Mandalorian when he first puts on his his reclaimed armor um, when he fights the stormtroopers on Tython. Uh, and so I was, you know, I said 
we're going to get, there's three versions of Boba Fett already in this first season, right? Um, that he shows up on. You got the Wanderer, you got the, you got the, the dad, the dad Fett uh, version with his broken up armor. And then you got the cleaned up one, which we haven't seen yet, which will probably be more featured for Book of Boba. But I was, I was kind of disappointed, um, honestly, with this. Um, not in the quality of the figure, not the fact that they are releasing both the Wanderer and, um, and Scruffy Boba Fett, but, um, the fact that they couldn't do it in one figure kind of gets me. I don't understand. I understand like making money and, but from what I see of it, it just seems like something you can put armor over the wanderer switch mm-hmm. the head and you have one figure and you charge like 400 bucks or 300 bucks. Hot toys are like two fifty on average. There's mm-hmm. two pack of both the Boba Fett are, is like $450. So we're in the middle there. It's like you could have done a deluxe figure without making me buy two figures. I just, it, it's a little, I question it. Um, I love it. I'm not going to buy that at all uh, because I have to draw the line somewhere. But, and I have a great Bubba Fett hot toy already, but it's just like I would have probably done it at, at 300 something if you gave me a great layout of, of things I can do with it, make the different Bubba Fets, not the cleaned up armor one. That's a totally different like concept and, and sculpting and all that stuff. But I really think you could have accomplished this in one figure. Yeah, I mean, but that's how they get you, right? I mean, that's that's the name of the game. Like you said, they got to turn a profit. So instead of just giving you one deluxe figure that you can kind of just change between the Wanderer and uh, that effect, um, then that 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 doesn't make as much money, right? <laughs> or that doesn't sell as quickly. Uh, yes, so, yeah. I don't know. You know, you never know what these companies and how they figure, how they do it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all for bottom line. Right. But, but again, for us collectors, you know, they just lost somebody who probably would have gotten one deluxe figure for, for both versions as opposed to two figures for two different versions. Right. It just, it, it's tough because, you know, with, with COVID and, and the way the economy is and stuff, it's just like, can I, can I do that? You know, even with mm-hmm. payment plans, even like, is it worth it? Like right. when Forest Awakens, when that came out, they did the Han and Chewie two pack. That was a buy for me because I was like, I want old man Han. I want a chewy with fur and all that stuff. And so that made sense to me. Mando and, and, and Grogu. That makes sense to me. Like you do these packs like that, but for me to display two Boba Fett figures, I, like I said, that's a, that's a tough one to swallow and I got to stew over it some more. So, <laughs> uh, so Ruben, tell us about the illusion, Witch one more time, one last time, um, book one, 22 pages, Full color. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna open it up. You're gonna wonder. By the end of it, you're gonna wonder why uh, am I following this uh, not so nice person, and why is she the main character of Ruben's story? Uh, but I promise you, stick with me. Uh, you're gonna love it. Uh, it ends on a cliffhanger, of course. Uh, issue two will be coming up soon. We're already working on that. Um, but right now, it's all about the Kickstarter. It's got five days left. Uh, you want to go check it out if you're a fan of, like I said, uh, The Life of Pi, uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, The Golden Compass, The Chronicles of Narnia, those kinds of worlds and story building. Um, come with me. Come on this adventure. I promise it's not going to disappoint. And we've got an amazing art team that I can't say enough about. Uh, they're just amazing uh, group of people down from Andre Erico, who is in Italy, uh, P.H. Gomez on Colors, who is in Brazil, and Dave Lentz 
who is somewhere in America. I don't know exactly where, but he is uh, the man on letters and book design. And uh, I promise uh, it's 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 a great it's a great uh, investment or whatever you want to call it. Uh, just go and back it. Go back it. Five bucks gets you the digital version. That's it. And uh, you have until the 27th of uh, this mm-hmm. month, February, to do that. That's it. And uh, he wants he wants that Marvel card made. So, guys, help him out. We, oh, yeah, we all yeah. want that card in our in our collection. It's an all throwback to our childhood. So mm-hmm. uh, check that out. Also from Defect Comics, Hollowed 3 is out on Kickstarter, uh, funded and ready for more money to be thrown at it. So uh, you guys out there who love indie comics, Come check it out. Check out the Illusion Witch. Check out Hollow Three, and uh, and more Defat comics. So, uh, also check out the Defat Entertainment Podcast Network. Uh, we this is something brand new. Uh, we just launched this, and uh, it's featuring different shows from different genres, including this one, Star Warriors podcast, which Ruben and I do with our friends uh, roundtable. Check out our latest interview uh, that Ruben and I did with Brian Balance, uh, the creator of the Star Wars audio drama the adventures of the zolan dart uh and all of the other great shows on there i'm sure you'll find something that you'll enjoy uh so ruben thank you so much for coming and speaking out with me on this on this sunday morning uh and uh i'm glad that we can make this happen yeah man thanks for having having me um i guess i'll go untie casey now i'm sure he's got to take care of his his baby and his wife or something so i'll let <laughs> I'll, I'll let him go now i'll let him go that's a good idea. That's a great idea. So uh, I do need him back for the next episode. Okay. All right. All right. Awesome. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm so happy to hear about the Illusion Witch and your successful Kickstarter with that. And uh, for everybody out there, we'll see you next time. And don't forget a towel. <laughs>